All right, well, good morning. Please open up your Bibles uh, to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. This morning we're going to look at verses 13 right to the end of the chapter. Proverbs chapter 3, and we'll look at verse 13 right to the end of the chapter. Let's pray together and ask God to speak to us. Lord, as we look at your word this morning, we pray that we would trust in you with all our heart, that we would not lean on our own understanding, and that in all our ways we would acknowledge you. Lord, thank you for your word, and I pray that you would speak it into our hearts and lives this morning. I pray that our ears would be receptive to hear your word, just as later we will uh, fill ourselves with food. I pray right now we would see this as a holy moment to feed our souls with the spiritual food that we so desperately need. Lord, many of us come here and we are starving to hear from you. And so, Lord, I pray that you would do that, please. Lord, um, you know there is no power in my words. You know I'm weak and frail. And yet you are the mighty God who promises to speak every time we open this up. So, Lord, I pray that you do that, please. In your wonderful name, amen. I want to ask... Uh, us the question this morning, is there something that you have in your house or in your possession that you count as precious? Is there something that belongs to you that you own right now that you count as precious? When I thought of that question, I thought of three things, a jersey, a globe, and a picture. I have more things that I count as precious in my life, but I have three things that came to mind. A jersey, a globe, and a picture. The jersey, the jersey, hold on a second now. (laughs) The jersey is a red jersey. But it's not only just a red jersey. It it does have a bit of black in it, so there's red and black. Um, Some of the Brazilians will know what I'm talking about, but it's not that jersey. It is a red and a black jersey. It's not just any jersey. It is a Man United jersey. And it's not just a jersey that I put in my wardrobe. It's actually a jersey that's in a black frame, folded really nicely. Because it's not just any old Man United jersey that you'd put in a wardrobe. It actually is a jersey that has a signature on it. And the signature, in my mind, is one of the greatest managers that has ever been, Sir Alex Ferguson. That jersey is precious to me. I also have this this globe in my house, and and the globe it's it's nothing fancy, it's nothing special, it's just an old globe. But as you as you put your hand around the globe, you will notice uh, these bumps on the globe. You, you, as you look at the different countries on the globe, you'll notice the bumps, and the bumps are for the mountains. And and why that globe is precious to me is because every time I run my hand along it and feel the bumps, I'm reminded of my granddad. My granddad owned the globe. And my granddad, he wasn't a big talker by any means, but I do remember him pointing out the little countries to me on that globe. And so that globe is precious to me. And then we have this picture. And the picture is... um, this couple holding hands 
you know, walking in the woods, very romantic picture. It's a picture of their back and, and, and the woman, she's beautiful. She's wearing a, a lovely long white dress and, and they're walking in the woods and then, and then the, the husband is beside her and he has, you know, long blowing, long, you know, blonde locks on his head that he doesn't have anymore and they're 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 holding hands walking through the woods and the reason why that is so precious to me is because I can remember every single bit of that moment I can remember the leaves crunching underneath my feet I can remember the smell of that day I can remember the wasp flying around us I can remember all those little things that is a precious picture to me Every single one of us has something that is precious in our life. Something that we hold dear. Something that we would not sell to anybody. It is precious to us. And what we need to hear this morning is as Christians there is something that we are to hold dear. Something that is to be more precious than anything else that we long for. Anything else that we have. Anything else that belongs to us. There is something way more precious than that. And that is the wisdom of God. We need to see the wisdom of God is precious to us. That every time we open up this word, we hear something that is more precious than anything on this planet can offer us. It is the precious wisdom of God. And this is what the Father says to the Son in chapter 3, verse 13. He begins by talking about the preciousness of this wisdom. Listen to what he says. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than silver and and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you can desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are blessed. And so the father is talking to the son here and the father is coming to the son with a a kind of a poem. And he's saying, if you have wisdom, son, you are blessed. Do you see what he says in verse 13? Blessed is the one who finds wisdom. And at the end of the poem in verse 18, he says, those who hold her fast are blessed. If you have wisdom, you are blessed. And sometimes we don't understand the blessings of God. Sometimes the blessings of God for the people of God seems kind of strange. Jesus talked about all these blessings in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, blessed is the one, blessed is the one, blessed is the one. But on the Sermon on the Mount, he says, blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on account of me. Why? For great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So the blessing of God sometimes sounds strange to us. That Jesus would say, you're blessed when people persecute you because you are going to get a great reward. And here we see the blessing of God. You are blessed if you have wisdom. Another word for blessed is happy. 
Happy is the one who finds wisdom. Here's why you should be happy if you find wisdom. Verse 14, he says it. For the gain from her is better than from silver. Her profit is better than gold. If you find wisdom, the wisdom of God, you have found something that is better than the gain from silver and better than the gain from gold. The lottery right now in Ireland is coming unclaimed at about 19 million euro. What he is saying is this. If you were to gain that 19 million euro, you wouldn't gain anything as precious as the wisdom of God. And all of us, we say, look, if we were to gain 19 million euro, you wouldn't really be happy and you'd spend it all and all this kind of stuff. But isn't there some of us who just think, if I just had a million of that, I'd be happy. I'd have great gain. If I just had a 100,000 of that, I'd be happy. I would have great gain. What the father is saying to the son is this. If you gain any silver, any gold, any jewels on this earth, you have not gained something as precious as the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is more precious than anything that you can have. He says it again in verse 15. She is more precious than jewels. And nothing you desire can compare with her. That means nothing that you can gain in this world can compare with wisdom. And nothing that you want in this world can compare with the wisdom of God. Nothing that you can have, nothing that you can gain can compare to the preciousness of the wisdom of God. And why? Verse 18, he says it. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. The reason wisdom should be cherished so much in our lives, the wisdom of God that allows us to guide our lives and live our lives with direction and understanding, the reason we should treasure it so much is because therein lies the tree of life. Do you remember the tree of life? What, what comes to your mind when you hear that word, the tree of life? It brings you back where? It brings you back to the garden. You see, they had the offer of the tree of life. And they had a choice whether they would go the wise path of the tree of life or the foolish path, path and take from the tree that they weren't to take from and they chose foolishness. Well, what God is saying here is that in the wisdom of God, when you find the wisdom of God, you then find the tree of life. The wisdom of God brings us back to life. It brings us back to the garden, back to the place we are meant to be. If we find the true wisdom of God and in the wisdom of God, there is life. Because the wisdom of God points us ultimately to who? The Lord Jesus Christ. And in him there is life. Jesus said to us, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Whenever you read about wisdom in Proverbs, it always points us to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
So it is with all of these things in the Old Testament. When you hear of a king in the Old Testament, the kings in the Old Testament point us to the great king of kings and the Lord of lords, Jesus. When you hear of the prophets in the Old Testament, the prophets, they point us to the great prophet, the Lord Jesus. When you hear of the priests in the Old Testament, the priests point us to the great high priest, that is the Lord Jesus. When you hear of the feasts in the Old Testament, the Passover feast of the Old Testament points us to the Passover lamb, the Lord Jesus. When you hear of the sacrifices in the Old Testament, the sacrifices point us to the great, all-sufficient sacrifice that is the Lord Jesus. When you hear of the Sabbaths in the Old Testament, the Sabbath rests, it points us to the great Sabbath rest that is found in the Lord Jesus. When you hear of the tree of life, you should think of the one who gives life, that is the Lord Jesus. And when you hear of wisdom in Proverbs, that should point us to the great wisdom that is found in the Lord Jesus. We need Him. We need the wisdom of God. And when we gain Him, we have gained something that is more precious than any silver or any gold or any jewels that can be found in this world. And here's the reason why it is so precious to us. Not only does wisdom give us life, but wisdom is what God used to create the world. It says in verse 19, The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding he established the heavens. By his knowledge the deeps broke open and the clouds drop down the dew. What he's saying to the son is, Son, I want you to come here and see something. Son, I want you to look at those trees. Do you know who created those trees? It was God. And I want you to see the sun. Do you know who created the sun? It was God. And the and the clouds, do you know who created those clouds? It was God. And and the moon, who created the moon? It, It is God. And when you see all creation, you see the Creator, God. And what, my son, is the secret ingredient that He used to create it? The secret ingredient that he used to create the entire world, is wisdom. And when you gain that wisdom, you gain something that is more precious than anything you can have on this earth. You know, when I start a book in the Bible, it makes me happy, but it also makes me sad. Do you know why it makes me sad? Because as I start Proverbs, I know one thing. In my lifetime... I am never going to teach this book again like I'm doing right now. Never again, probably, will I have the opportunity to teach this week after week in this way again and again over the space of a year. I'm probably never going to take that time again. And every week as I prepare, I'm praying, Lord, don't let me waste this. I come to every chapter and I'm, in in one sense, I'm kind of worried that I'm going to mess it up. Because it's the only chance I get to speak through it. And that's my prayer for you. My prayer for you is that as we go through Proverbs, you will not waste it. Because my guess is never again in your lifetime are you going to go through the book of Proverbs like this again. And are you going to treasure it as the precious jewel that it is? 
Or are you going to forsake it and walk away from the very wisdom of God that is there for you? We should treasure it as we treasure silver and gold. We should treasure it as more precious than any of those things. Could I encourage you? Don't waste these moments in this book. Because it is more precious to us than anything we could gain in this earth. And the problem with wisdom that we have is sometimes we don't know what we have when we have it. Does that ever happen to you? You have something precious in your life and you don't see it as precious until you lose it. Sometimes I think that happens to us with us and our children. They are so precious to us, but sometimes we live our lives and forget how precious the thing that we have is to us. And sometimes I think we forget that with wisdom. Do you know why? Because wisdom, sometimes wisdom doesn't always tell us what we should do. Sometimes wisdom tells us what we shouldn't do. Sometimes wisdom, it doesn't always say yes. Sometimes wisdom says no. Sometimes wisdom doesn't always say do. Sometimes wisdom says don't. And here's the problem with us. Does anyone here in this room like the words don't? Especially when someone else says it to us. Do not do this. Why don't we like that? We don't like that because I want to decide what I'm doing for my life. You don't tell me don't. And so we talk to our children and we say don't and we wonder why they react. Because we would react the very same way. None of us like the word don't. And yet sometimes we need to hear that from God. God doesn't always say yes to us. Sometimes he says no to us. God doesn't always say do to us. Sometimes God says don't to us. And that is good wisdom for us to hear. And this is why the father is taking so much time for the son to build a foundation. My son, wisdom is precious. My son, it's more precious than silver or gold. My son, it is what the Lord used to create the world. And so, my son, you need to hear sometimes the don'ts of God. And what I want you to hear from the rest of this passage is not the do's, but the don'ts. Listen to what he says. Verse 21. My son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, and they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Then you will walk on your way securely, and your foot will not stumble. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror or of the ruin of the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come again. Tomorrow I will give it to you when you have it with you. Do not plan evil against your neighbor who dwells trustingly beside you. Do not contend with a man for no reason when he has done you no harm. Do not envy a man of violence and do not choose any of his ways. For the devious person is an abomination to the Lord, but the righteous are in his confidence. Did you hear that? Do not 
Do not, do not, do not, do not. Sometimes the do nots don't sound precious to us. And so it is hard to hear because we don't like anybody telling us what not to do. But what we need to recognize is sometimes do not is the greatest wisdom we will ever hear. I've been talking a lot about a father and a son, but let's talk for a second about a mother and a daughter. Say, for example, you have a mother and a daughter, and the mother is trying to teach the daughter wisdom in life. And so if the mother is trying to teach the daughter wisdom in life, does the mother have to say yes all the time? Is that what the mother should do? No way. No way. Sometimes I think parenting has gone crazy nowadays. Do you know why I think it's gone crazy? Because sometimes parenting thinks that we just always have to say yes and let them do what they want. No way. Sometimes wisdom says, don't. And so if you've got this mother and this daughter, as, as she grows up with the, as the daughter grows up, the mother's got to say, don't in relation to a few things. And just say, for example, that the mother throughout the daughter's life is teaching her about the road and how she should behave in relation to the road. So the mother, as she's, she's walking up to a, the road with the daughter, the mother says to the daughter, do not Run across this road without looking. If you run across this road without looking, you will get killed. Don't. And so the wise daughter would hear that, don't, and she would say, okay, I'm going to listen to that. Every time I walk across the road, I'm going to look both ways because I know this is good for me. This don't is a good don't. It's not restricting me. It actually is there to give me life. But the foolish daughter would say, why do I have to do that? It's no guarantee that if I cross the road without looking that I'm going to get killed every time. So I'm just going to go for it. Even though it is not a guarantee that she will get killed every time, isn't it foolishness for her not to listen to that wisdom? Yes, it is. And so then imagine that the daughter, she grows up and, 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 and the mother says, well, right, my daughter, she can walk to the school on her own. But I need to give her some wisdom as she walks to school. So the, so the mother says to the daughter, when you walk to school, don't walk on the road. If you walk on the road, you will get killed. Walk on the footpath. And so she says to the daughter, I want you to walk on the footpath. Don't walk on the road. And so the wise daughter would hear that advice. And she would always walk on the footpath. But the foolish daughter would say, it's not a guarantee that I'm going to get killed every time I'm going to walk on the road. I'm free to do it. And she might not get killed. The cars might stop. The cars might drive around her. But it would be foolishness, wouldn't it, to not listen to that advice. Or imagine the daughter, she grows up and she starts driving. And they come up to a red light and the mother says to the daughter, do not drive through a red light. If you do, you're going to get killed. The wise daughter says, of course I won't drive through a red light. The foolish daughter says, that's no guarantee. I can drive through a red light all I like. That's very restrictive to say, don't, you know, go across the red light. It's very restrictive to say, don't walk on the road. It's very restrictive to say, don't, you know, look both ways when you're crossing the road. But what is it? It's wisdom. 
that gives us life. Can you imagine a world, can you imagine a world where no one looked both ways crossing the road? Can you imagine a world where no one walked on the footpath? Can you imagine a world where no one stopped at a red light? What kind of world would that be? It would be a world full of chaos. And what wisdom does is it speaks order back into our chaos. Sometimes you need to use the word don't. And can I encourage some of the parents here? Don't isn't a bad word. You don't always have to say yes. Sometimes you can say no. And listen, they might hate you for it. They might. But sometimes it is wisdom. Now in this passage, we can't go through every don't. But I do want to look at just two of the don'ts. The first don't I want you to look at is verse 25. Do not be afraid of sudden terror, or of the ruin of the wicked when it comes. Do not be afraid. There is much in this world that we can be afraid of, isn't there? There is much that we can be afraid of. And you will notice something. When you are afraid, sometimes what happens, or when you're living in fear, sometimes it affects your sleep, doesn't it? Sometimes it's something very simple that you're afraid of. Maybe you're afraid of all of that you have to do the next day and all the work that you have to get done. And so it affects your sleep. You can't sleep because you're worried about all the stuff you have to do tomorrow. Or maybe you're afraid of of a broken relationship that you have. You're you're in fear of that and you're afraid of what's going on there. and, And it's not good and you're anxious about it. And so you cannot sleep. Many of us, we have fear in our lives. And it is fear sometimes due to this world. I remember during the time of the, of the abortion referendum, do you remember at the time there was many Christians who were living in fear of all the conversations that could have come our way. We would go into work and everybody in work believes something different than I do. And so it was a fearful time for us. You would go into school and maybe people would believe a different thing than you do. And it is a fearful time for you. The passage here would say, do not be afraid. Why? Verse 26. For the Lord will be your confidence. We have no reason to be afraid, Christian, because the Lord will be our confidence. Even when it seems like the whole world is against us, we do not need to be afraid because the Lord will be our confidence. What should we do instead of being afraid? We should trust in the Lord in all your ways. Trust in Him and not fear what this world has for us. Put our confidence in the Lord our God and He will not let our foot slip. And when we put our trust and our confidence in him, look at what it says in verse 24 about our sleep. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Sometimes when you put your head on the pillow at night, you find it hard to close your eyes because you are afraid of everything this world has coming for you. But when you trust in the Lord, Your sleep can be sweet 
Because he can be your confidence. Do not be afraid. Those who are in Christ Jesus have no reason to be afraid because when you are in Christ Jesus, there is no more condemnation for you. When you are in Christ Jesus, all your sins are forgiven as far as the east is from the west. When you are in Christ Jesus, you have eternal life. When you are in Christ Jesus, heaven is your home. This world is not your home. You no longer need to be afraid. Do you remember what Paul said in Romans 8? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? (laughs) Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure, I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not be afraid. Nothing can separate us from his love. The final do not I want to look at is verse 31. Do not envy a man of violence and do not choose any of his ways. Not only do we struggle with fear, but if we're honest, one of the things we struggle with most in life is envy. It is so hard in this world to not struggle with envy, isn't it? I mean, it used to be, it used to be that you would just walk outside of your house and you would be envious of your neighbor who has the nice new car. Or you would be envious of your neighbor who has the new extension. That's what it used to be. But now in life, now in life what happens is we have a screen that we scroll down. And as you scroll down the screen, do not tell me that there are not times that you feel just that little bit jealous. As you scroll down the screen, you wish you had the family that they have. As you scroll down that screen, you wish you had the marriage that they have. As you scroll down that screen, you wish you were on the holiday that they were on. As you scroll down that screen, you wish you were as happy as they seem to be. And we get envious. And sometimes what happens to us as Christians is we scroll down that screen and we say, they don't even have Christ. And they look really happy. What's going on? This would say, do not believe that lie. Don't be envious. Because if people do not have Christ, they don't have anything. If people do not have Christ, they don't have all the gain that you could have of silver and gold and jewels. They have nothing. Therefore, there is nothing to be envious of. 
Why would you be jealous of anything that's offered in this world when we have the eternal home of heaven? There is nothing this world can give to us, Christian, that would give us any benefit beyond Christ. When we have Christ, we have all that we have. Do not be afraid. Do not envy. The reason you should not envy the fool is this. One day, foolishness will find you out. You can't keep crossing the road without looking both ways and not getting hit. One day your foolishness will find you out. You can't keep walking on the road and not on the footpath. One day your foolishness will find you out. You can't keep driving through red lights because one day your foolishness, it will find you out. And that's how the father concludes his speech in verse 33. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but his blessings, the house, the dwelling of the righteous. Toward the scorners he is scornful, but to the humble he gives favor. The wise will inherit honor, but fools will get disgrace. Do you see that? The fools will get the curse. The wise will get the blessing. The fools will get scorn. The wise will get favor. The fools will get disgrace. The wise will get honor. How is it that we can get all these things? It is, of course, through the Lord Jesus Christ. The reason we get honor and not disgrace is because he was disgraced and not honored. The reason we get favor and not scorn is because he was scorned in our place. And the reason, believers, we get blessing and not the curse is because he became a curse for us. You remember in Galatians chapter 3 it says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. If you do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ today, your foolishness one day, it will find you out and the curse and the wrath of God will be upon you. But if you repent of your foolishness today and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and embrace the wisdom that he gives you in your life, you will not get the curse, you will get the blessing. You will not get death, you will get eternal life. And so you should treasure him. You should treasure Christ more than any silver, more than any gold, more than any jewels that this life could offer you. Are you afraid this morning? Wisdom would say, do not be afraid. Are you envious this morning? Wisdom would say, do not be envious. Because in Christ, we have the most precious jewel of all. Let us pray together. Lord, we ask you that we would be a people who will not be afraid who will not be jealous, who will not be envious, for we have you, the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray for us as a church.
that we would be those who love and cherish you more than silver, more than gold, more than anything that could be offered here to us on this world. Lord, we confess our envy, we confess our fear, and we pray that we would trust you. And we pray all these things in your name. Amen.